The Holy Gospel is written in the second chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning at the first verse. Glory be, be to, to thee, thee O Lord. Lord. The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in thine eyes, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Epiphany is about Jesus being revealed to the world as someone unique and special. For the wise men, those intrepid seekers, Gentiles from the Far East, from Persia or Iran as we know it today, Jesus was revealed as the King of the Jews, a title given to him by Herod, but kept by the Jews for the Messiah, the Christ, the Holy One of God. And the baptism of Jesus reveals him as the Son of God, another title for the Messiah. What is more, in case we thought after our wonderful carol services and festivities here together at St. Stephen's, and of course after our Christmas with family and friends, that we can all take a quiet seat back at the office, our epistle reading today from Romans urges us to remain affectionate one to another, fervent in spirit, not the hard stuff, given to even greater hospitality. We are required to bless those who may have driven us mad at Christmas and to be of the same mind one towards another. Paul wants us to love one another. How can we not obey such a request 
with the year having begun with such marvelous revelations, manifestations, and visitations. We might be a little seasoned out, but faith is expected to keep us on our toes. And what better than a wedding? Today's setting in our reading at the beginning of St. John's Gospel is a wonderful, ordinary, but very special event with rich food piled high on the table, pomegranates, oranges, grapes, olives. Cana is near Nazareth and there is a young couple with something special to celebrate. We know that Jesus, his mother and the disciples are there. Now for a Jewish celebration, wine is essential. No wine, no joy, a disaster for the couple and what a disgrace. I'm sure there is many a father of the bride who would make every effort not to be put in that position. The celebrations would come to an early end and everyone would dispatch to the pub. The party would be over. So Mary, the gospel describes her as his mother, but Jesus calls her woman, invites Jesus to do something. He prevaricates as his hour is not yet come, but he anticipates the hour in what he then does, because the hour when it does come consists of nothing less than utter giving, forgiving, freely giving love. We realize how down to earth this water into wine story is. We never hear Mary speak in the Bible after this, but she does not disappear from the story. Jesus, her son, is now grown up, and Mary moves to a new stage in her life, a constant presence, as we know, as a faithful follower. When the Gospel of John declares that Jesus revealed his glory by changing the water into wine, we shouldn't limit the meaning to that single extraordinary act as though God's glory should be related to performing spectacular conjuring tricks. No, as John says elsewhere, Jesus provided many other signs or miracles, but John chose this one, the wedding at Cana, as the first in a sequence. And this story has a special relevance to me. I personally remember the excitement of a first visit made to the Holy Land in 1995 with the Right Reverend David Hope, the newly appointed Archbishop of York. By invitation and along with fellow pilgrims, my husband and I renewed our wedding vows at Cana with the Archbishop in the beautiful, small and well cared for church. And in there was a Christ-like sense of timeliness as history and scripture definitively showed us the presence of God. And John speaks of six stone jars which together full of wine might have held about 150 gallons, some 800 bottles. Now that's quite a party. And at the end of this well-known story, the bride's guests got brilliant quality wine, the hosts got the compliments, the family honor was upheld, and Jesus got the glory. And that is how it should be. And this we can also recall 
is not unlike the picnic in the desert four chapters later in the Gospel of John, when Jesus feeds 5,000 out of so little that 12 baskets of leftovers remain. Everything in God's creation points beyond itself, writes Bishop Tom Wright. That is the final purpose of God in creation, not the separation of heaven and earth, but thou wonderfully fruitful combination. Miracles are wonderful events that defy any rational expectation or explanation. Miracles as related through scripture point to Jesus acting as God's agent, showing God himself actively at work on earth. We say it is a miracle to define the unexpected and the inexplicable. In our modern lives, we may rarely attribute such happenings to God's direct intervention and involvement, but miracles still do happen every day and in abundance. However surprising this choice of miracle may be, the ordinary family setting is one that people in every culture can readily relate to. It provides Jesus a showcase for his supernatural power, power that his mother already knew he had. Perhaps our Lord Jesus wants us to learn from it. Some of us surely have already experienced something that seems supernatural in the everyday events of our own lives. And we can all learn to confidently expect the unexpected. And most importantly, we can still thank God for this. Amen. <laughs>